Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Acelera Williams, tiene el primer 10, escapa a la 20, a la 10, touchdown, Damien Williams. Oh, Damien Williams peut être plié l'affaire avec oh, cette course qui va jusqu'au touchdown. Damien Williams runs to immortality in Chiefs Kingdom. Get ready to welcome your champions. Hello and welcome back to the Arrowheads of Raw podcast. Um, I'm Owen um, and I'm, today I'm joined by Neil. Hello. And Tom. Hey, how you doing? The Chiefs are 4-0. How does that feel, guys? Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, we've become the uh, first franchise in NFL history to um, go 4-0 in four consecutive years, which I think is a huge achievement for the franchise. Um, I mean, it shows consistency. It shows how we've continued this winning uh mentality coming into the season um so yeah i found that hard to believe actually because i couldn't believe that nobody else had done it before yeah like, i would have thought starting four and oh i'm gonna say isn't that big a deal i know it kind of is winning four games in a row isn't easy in the nfl but there's plenty of good teams out there like you would have thought the patriots would have done it before for example yeah um, yeah um, it is one of the stats here. It did surprise me when I first read it, um, but I mean, a, a, an amazing achievement nonetheless. Um, yeah, e- even more so that it is that surprising that no team's done that before. For us to, for us to be the first is a uh, great going forwards. Yeah. And we've had some tough opponents. It's not like we just had cakewalks either. We've had the Ravens and we've had the Patriots in these four games, and I'm sure we had some big games early in the last couple of years as well. So definitely shows some really really high standards from the start and Andy Reid we say he's good off a bye but he's good when he's had a break it seems <laughs> start of the season <laughs> there, yeah, there's, been no, there's been no sign of a Super Bowl hangover in any way shape or form has there like no. realistically no oh no yeah which is the case for a lot of teams um, I mean the Eagles and the Rams for example who won who well, got to a Super Bowl one of them won it um, there was always there was talk with the Eagles or Rams wasn't there about a dynasty as soon as they won or breached that breached that um the big game there was always talk about oh they'll be able to come back swinging next year they'll, they'll do so well they'll continue their form and then just haven't been able to replicate it but yeah it's not mm-hmm. been the case for the Chiefs I think that's got a lot to do with your quarterback to be honest yeah think, oh yeah. and yeah I think yeah. Him, him, greater him, than Nick Foles <laughs> <laughs> your quarterback and your head coach are pretty pretty special so I think that helps <laughs> yeah. but, but was think... it is it a surprise to either of you how much the Patriots have fallen off now that they've lost their great quarterback and they're stuck with Brian Hoyer and Josh Shidham or whatever his name is? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it a surprise at how bad they looked the other night? I don't know, because they did look bad, but it just looked sloppy. I think you've got to remember that must have been quite of an emotional roller coaster in terms of you find out your quarterback's gone down, you've planned a whole week around Cam Newton, he goes down, then you've all got to get tested, then you've got to, you don't know when the game is, then you've got to fly, you're in the hotel for three hours, like, they dropped three picks, and we were talking about it before the game, you just go, how, how ready can you be like in, in that situation? Um, you know, Mahomes said it affected him in terms of his preparation, and I, I think they did look bad, they 
they did, but I I don't think you can blame them <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think I think what it showed um, the game against the Chiefs was that. Bill Belichick is amazing. I mean, he's, he's widely yeah. regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he does need some players on his team. I mean, because <laughs> he, you could tell all game he was fighting for his life. Bill Belichick was doing absolutely everything he could to win that game. And at times, it looked like it was going in their favour. I mean, they kept the score low. We didn't score in the, uh, a touchdown in the first half. And he was playing his absolute socks off with practically nobody on, on either side of the ball. Um, whose fault is that though that they've got nobody on offense? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah true. Who, who's doing the drafting? That's Bill Belichick. You know, yeah. yes, he's a fantastic coach and he's had a fantastic career, but they're in this situation because of him and how they've run the team. Like, he he is general manager as well, essentially, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, they they kept they they, they held the Chiefs to six points at half time, correct? Yes. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets. And then when you say you've lost your starting quarterback, if if they'd have had their starting quarterback, I imagine they'd have had more than three points. I mean, I mean, they could have had Stidham and had more than three points because he took the sack at the end of the half. <laughs> um, but uh, and then tried to call a timeout that he didn't have. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, like the the game plan was was perfect because they could have been. They only had to score a touchdown and they'd have been up. So, um, but did you? Did you see that? I mean, I, I had a mate who was at the game and I messaged him at halftime. We were having a bit of chat back and forth. Uh, and I sent him a message that said, if we score again, we win the game. Because I couldn't see where the Patriots were going to get more than... Mm. Well, I said, if, I can't see the Patriots getting 10 points in the second half. So we needed a touchdown and we win the game. They, they just... I've, I've never seen such a bad offensive performance that they've got no receivers their tight ends are brutal the running backs are eh, okay their quarterbacks are terrible their offensive line is reasonable but like as a combined unit it was it was like watching the dolphins rather than the patriots they didn't look worried the chiefs did not look worried about a deep shot and no. we bracketed them within about 20 yards of of where the ball was placed and it seemed like it that's why I think that we had more turnovers because you're not scared of Brian Hoyer taking a shot downfield and if he does that probably plays into your hands even more um so it seemed like we were very in control throughout which was which was ideal for us um, well, I, I wrote a piece for the website today check it out airheadsbroad.com um and basically their wide receivers weren't open like so Hoyer was having to force stuff mm. um the separation their receivers were getting when the ball is arriving at them it was like three of them were about a yard separation Hoyer was throwing what nfl uh, next gen stats called aggressive passes which is passes where there mm. is less than a yard or less of space when the receiver gets the ball and he was like 37 percent of the time his passes were like that that's just not sustainable. Like it, your receivers can't get open, and you've got Brian Hoyer throwing to them. God, you you're onto a losing start. Like then, you know, you don't stand a chance. Yeah, and I think this is what I, this is what I was saying when I meant like with Bill Belichick playing his absolute heart out with 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 nobody because he did still keep the scale game competitive for 
for a lot of it. And it did seem like, although like the Chiefs took control like towards the, like the back end of the game, that they were managing the game quite well. And it was it was those quarterback mistakes, like the the, the sack uh, at the end of the first half and the the strip fumble by uh, Taco Charlton. Yeah. Um, it was so well executed by Belichick driving down the field and managing the game and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the on the off the field. But you just need that offensive firepower because like like in week two, you're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for 60 minutes. You can stop them for 45. You can stop them for 40. You can stop them for, for, for a chunk of the game if you want to. But at the end of the day, there, there's not been a team that has stopped Patrick Mahomes for four quarters and, and held him to, to, to a low-scoring bad performance. It's just not happened. No. So you need that offensive firepower and those players to help Belichick get over that hurdle. And, and who can blame you? I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest game day coaches of all time but he needs some guys to, to, to make some plays for him and Brian Hoyer and Jared Stittman just weren't getting it done for him well, the, the Chiefs defence this season's averaging 17 points conceded a game Mahomes <laughs> is never going to lose a game if the defence can average 17 points a game because I don't think he's scored less than what 25 has there ever been a game he's got less than 25 I'm not sure but I back, no, I can recall I back him to my head I'd back him to get more than 17 in a game pretty much <laughs> against anybody. Yeah, so would I. I, mean, I, tweet, yeah. I tweeted it out that like almost every Chiefs game where we're struggling, it happened against the Chargers and it, and it, happened, it happened against Patriots. Romo, <laughs> I love the bit where he goes, oh no, the Chiefs have just figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> you just know that there's about a 20-yard gain yeah. coming. Cause it is like a light switch. It really is like a light switch. It just turns on and then... And then... Everyone knows it's just doom for the for the opponent. Yeah, it was weird though because they like... they seem to have half of their game plan, and it, from what I've seen of the Patriots, almost every play I've seen is either an inside run or Cam Newton holding the ball and then running himself, mm-hmm. um, and they just didn't have that. And and then when you've got a backup quarterback trying to throw to, like we say, a lack of receiving talent. Um, they they were just never going to be able to execute their original game plan. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is a team's only as good as their quarterback. Yes. Uh, I've said it so many times that I don't see the point in even even almost trying to compete if you've got an average quarterback. If you've got an average quarterback in the NFL, you might as well be looking to get... An, you've got to look at one of these elite guys that's coming out. Well, this goes back to the Chargers and what we talked about after the Chargers game and why, why you would ever play Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback. Mm. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Can Josh Herbert? Who knows? But unless you play him, you're not going to find out. So you may as well just play him. And if you go kind of 4-12, and 12, so be it. You get another shot at some good players. But yeah, Hoyer and Stidham aren't going to win you a Super Bowl. Cam Newton... Uh, Cam Newton five years ago might have done but mm. now I would struggle to see it and I'm not sure what their plan is either with the Patriots because um, I was listening to a podcast uh, I've listened to a few today so I can't remember which one it was but um, they, they were saying how this was nearly uh, this this Patriots offence was nearly a reality if uh, like for a whole season if they hadn't have got Cam Newton if, someone, if the Bears had taken Cam Newton I think they were saying then you're in they a would have gone into the season with this yeah, offense. This, yeah. this 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 would have been them. And if I'm totally honest, I'm not sure what their plan is because it's not going to be in Bill Belichick, especially the season that Brady goes to tank. Um, 
But it does make you question what 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 is the goal for the Patriots because they're going to look like an eight and eight team at the moment, and they might you know it's, it's Belichick should probably end up getting to ten. But I'm not sure what his approach is because I don't see Cam being the solution long term. But then if he is your guy. They, they need to put some talent around him in the next draft. And after, I don't know why I'm talking about it. I don't really care, but well, well, you think, it is like, interesting. The, the last draft was wide receiver heavy. Like mm. I'm saying, it's like a, a generational draft for mm. wide receivers. Two have not come out of that with any wide receivers. Mm. When the Patriots usually have about 57 draft picks, it's borderline negligence. Like, how do you do that to your team? <laughs> Did you hear Mitch's Mitch Holtus's call of um, Tyron Matthews um, no. pick six? No. Was it the honey badger comment? Yeah, he he, he went in on Julian Edelman. <laughs> He's like <laughs> Tyron Matthews picks off Julian Edelman, who led the league in drops last year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I think he enjoyed that one, Mitch. Was that the same play with the? Um, I can't remember what's up. Didn't you say something about Put, took the, the honey sna- badger took the snakes snakes or something, or something like that? Snake or something. <laughs> Which is I didn't really like, get it. Animal Kingdom like <laughs> fact: honey badgers do eat snakes. But where it came from, and he must have pre-planned this because there's I love no his way recall, he just came out bro. with that on the top of his head. Yeah, it, it was a it was a remarkable. I can't remember what play it was on, but he definitely said. I that think no, it was that game. play. It was. The oh, was it? Yeah, I think so it, and, honey, and the honey badger eats the snake, and I, I was like, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a good recap. Yeah, so it was it was a strange game, obviously, with uh, with Cam Newton being out, um, and obviously the developing news with Stefan Gilmore as well. Um, I mean, coronavirus has, has already taken a hold of the league, and it's already um, starting to shake things up a bit. Um, so, how do how do you feel going forwards, like with the rest of the season uh, still to play? Obviously, there's twelve games left. Um, do you think things get worse from here, or do you think this is like a it will just be occasionally players sit down and, and games get delayed? Yes, it's going to get worse. That, that, I think that's an easy question to answer. I think it's just such a contagious disease that you you cannot keep it out. It's just not it's not feasible. It's not possible, and it's just when it does get into your facilities, minimising the effect as much as you possibly can. And if the Patriots only end up with two players out of it, they've done pretty well. They've not done the dumbass stuff that the Titans have done. Hmm. And I think we were going to talk about that next. Just like, if the league doesn't throw the book at the Titans now and force them to forfeit games and dock them draft picks and whatever else they need to do to set an example to the rest of the league to say, you can't mess around with this because it's going to get in. And at the end of the day, it's money for the NFL that's going to be on the line here because TV contracts, you know, they're worth billions. Um mm. They can't afford to mess around with that. We spoke before the podcast about um, how they really do need to throw the book at the Titans because this is a situation where if they don't and they're going to let teams get away with it, I know the the draft pick thing's thrown about. You've got to do something that's going to set an example because if you go and have a look at the AFC, pretty much all the teams are three and one or one and three. And you've already got a, a divide in the AFC of teams that are competitive and teams that aren't. And if we get halfway through the season and it starts to get worse and there's a big divide and teams that aren't competitive, you know how at the end of the season you've got teams that are uh, on holiday, so to speak, before the season's ended because they're not playing for anything. If you've got guys that are a bit like, I don't really care so much anymore, um, 
it, it, it could really damage the NFL as a whole. Um, and I think if they don't throw the book at the Titans, we could be in for a really dire situation. Mm. Do you think we are we could be going into territory later in the season with with uh, the possibility of suspending the season or perhaps doing what the NBA did with calling the the, the postseason early and starting the playoffs early in some form of bubble? How that works, I don't know. But do you think there's a possibility of that for the NFL? I think that the bubble thing, from what I've heard and what I understand, there's just too many people involved. Even if you made eight teams in a bubble and had like a top four NFC, top four AFC, you did playoffs between the AFC, basically got championship game, or divisional round, championship round and um, Super Bowl. Like eight teams, you're looking at 53 players, how many coaches, 30, 40 coaches. Like you're going to be looking at the guts of 100 people are going to need to be in a bubble for each team. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at 800 people in a bubble there. How do you do that? Like, I, I, logistically, it would be nigh and impossible. So, I, I, I think just delaying the season, suspending the season, yeah, it's a possibility. But I, I don't think the bubble things are flyer. You've just got to play your games when you can. And in terms of the, um, the like all these options that are on the table in terms of like, uh, you only play teams in your division, you only play teams in the AFC, or only play teams in the MSC or in the NFC. I, I, I don't pretend to have any idea how um, they, they've they done basketball and, and those different sports but with the NFL it's not just that like if you're going to randomly change how you how the standings work and how you decide different things it has such an impact on the draft as well which mm. and the amount of money in the NFL I just I don't foresee a situation where you can halfway through a season as the NFL just go do you know what actually we're going to do it this way now I, I in terms of fairness, it's not like, um, you know, like the Premier League where you play each team twice. You only play certain teams once every four years. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you. It's, it's unprecedented, so anything could happen. But it's very strange to think that you could totally change it halfway through the season, which is why I'm surprised actually that we didn't have divisional matchups for the first four six weeks of the season. Whatever, yes, yeah, the first six weeks of the season. I'm surprised they weren't just exclusively divisional games, so that you I had think a natural. Went, I think they just went out and said, "We're not going to let this beat us. We're we're doing what we want to do. We'll control what mm-hmm. we can control." And, and it's starting to beat them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, if Trump can get it in the best protected place in the country, where every single person who comes in to see him gets tested before they get to see him, and he can still catch it, like. NFL players, you know, some of these are like 22, 23 year old kids they're, they're going to do things where they're going to put themselves in positions to contract it and then if they do get it, they're going to pass it on to other people because that's just how it works it's just, mm-hmm. you know, the virus is there to reproduce itself to transmit itself and you know, if they get it they're going to pass it on, it's just what happens and this is why I'm a little bit confused with the NFL's approach, it was. I, I think they messed up really early with this Titans Steelers game because what they've done is moved a bye week and then put the game further down the road. And it was almost like they expected it to be a one off because you can't keep doing that. For like, if there's another game that needs to be moved now, and then you move that game, and then you move that game, and then you move another game, it's. 
it's going to be all over the place. If the Titans need another game moving, then you're in right trouble already. Well, then you say push the playoffs back a month and the Super Bowl back a month, and th- there's no reason why the Super Bowl has to be like the third mm. of February or whatever it is. You could make that third of March. You could make it third of April. You know, you can do what you need to do to finish a season properly mm. if you're going to go down the route of postponing games. I think you'd be in a good position now to go, do you know what, let's get to week eight and have a two-week break where everyone's in a bubble that, you know, you, you bubble your team off for two weeks and we just kind of reset and go get everybody, hopefully, back down and able to play. Cause yeah, I like that idea. I think you just yeah. need to take a break at a certain point, have two weeks quarantine and, and go again. Because we, we got to like week three almost or week four before we had a problem. So if you could try and do that again, you're getting through another heart, another quarter of the season and then maybe another two-week break before the playoffs or you bubble the teams in for the playoffs. and or You know, there's a lot of options, isn't there? But yeah. who knows I'm, what the NFL is actually going to do. I'm, as, the, as the weeks have been going on, the games are going on, I've started to warm to the idea of just, just being as patient as possible. I mean, I wouldn't even be opposed to just... So say you have one player or, or two players from a team who, who, who get it and, and, and they don't play once all the other players have been tested positive, uh, no, tested negative. Um, sure, go ahead with the game. Let those players sit and, and, and get over the virus. Um, if there's multiple, like it was with the Titans and the Steelers game, where there was a lot of Titans players, I don't see a reason to not just postpone that week and, and just say, OK, we're not going to play for, for, for a week or so any of the games just to keep everyone on the same track. Cause then there's no arguing of like um, unfairness and, and there's no teams that are saying, well, we wanted our bye week here and that's going to mess up the rest of our season. Like it will do for the Titans and Steelers. Like you've got to feel for those teams. Cause I mean, I, I can't remember what player it was, but what one of the Titans and Steelers players is now missing their son's birthday, who was on their original bye week. It was his son's birthday. And now he's not going to be able to go to his son's birthday, which he had planned because the NFL decided to move his game. So I don't see why not just postponing the whole the whole season to keep everyone fair and to keep everyone on the same page until they get those the the, the, the virus numbers down again. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. As a fan, I mean, I love having sport back. Um, and if it means that I get to watch more sport in the, in, in the near future, I'm not opposed to just waiting a couple of weeks and just being a bit patient with it because it's unprecedented situations. You can't force things through the gate like the NFL seem to be doing. I... I... I think the only concern with that is that you have one outbreak one week and then a different team outbreak the next week and then, and then you might not be playing for a month. But yeah, like I, I do get where you're coming from and I personally don't think that that game should have been played on Monday night against the Patriots. Um, I think there's I I don't I think if there's positive tests on a Friday or a Saturday I don't I don't think the game should go ahead. I, I don't know what you do. And I don't know whether you push it back to a Thursday night and then you do something. With it. I, I don't know the solution, but I don't think you should be playing because there's no, there's nothing to say that Gilmore didn't have this from the Cam Newton thing and it's only now that he's testing positive because guys can take two, three days to test positive. Mm. So he was also on the other plane that was the non-Cam Newton-y plane. And... <laughs> You're telling me that Cam Newton, that sorry, Stephon Gilmore sat on that plane, and that you're telling me that he's the only one on the. Pay- I mean, they're in masks and stuff, but I, I, you just don't know the effectiveness of the of, of stuff, and I don't know. I I just worry that 
by playing that game, you've put two teams at risk. Like, if there's a massive outbreak this week of Chiefs players and Patriots players, I don't think anyone's to blame but the NFL for putting that game on. And, and although, again, this, this sounds a bit egotistical coming from a Chiefs fan, but you've not just put two teams at risk, you've put the face of the league at risk. I mean, there was a photo of Stefan Gilmore and Patrick Mahomes hugging each other after after mm. the, the final whistle blew. And it's not... It's not as bad as it is that the, 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 these teams and these players are, are going to get exposed to each other and, and there's a high risk of it. This is the, the, the effectively the NFL's cash cow with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, he, he is the face of the league. He, he has gone on and done these tremendous things in, in his career. I feel like we talk about every single week on this podcast, rightly so. Um, but he, he is the guy for, 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 for not only the franchise, but the league and, and to put him at risk. Um, as then, well then as do you, these other do you say to players like, you can't kind of interact with the opposition after the game. I, I mean, thought that was the that... idea, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I remember them saying about not swapping jerseys before the start of the season, and we laughed at it because we're like, well, you know, they've just played ninety uh, an hour, um, like directly opposite each other within each other's face. So, what difference if they're swapping jerseys? But you know, if it's a DB and a quarterback, you can kind of understand why you might not want the two of them in close proximity. Mm. Any more? It's about limiting the possible chances of transferring. So, if you're accepting that you're going to play the game, you're accepting the risk within that hour slash three hours, however long the game takes. Mm. But outside of that, as soon as you're beyond the first whistle and the last whistle, you've got to be able to control kind of the controllables, in which case keep the players away from each other if that's what you need to do, um, just to to try and minimise the potential chances as much as possible. Well, I have another question as well. Like, I, did, I couldn't work it out. You know, at half-time when they all run down the tunnel, were they all running down the same tunnel? No, no, they're going separately. I, I saw them running and they cut to a shot and I couldn't tell. I was like, that's stupid if they're running down the same place. They've <laughs> got to be going different directions, right? Yeah. So there is talking... things in place. There is things in place, but... That these guys are, are, are like yeah. we we spoke about it earlier. Like Stephon Gilmore is known for press coverage as well, so he's been stood a yard <laughs> away from probably all of our receivers at some point, getting his hands on them within. And I know they're wearing gloves and stuff, but it's 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 exhalation, isn't it? Mm. it but but gloves are a bad thing because unless you're changing your gloves every time you touch something, then if you touch something that has coronavirus on, then it's on your gloves and you're going to touch. Anything else that you touch, you're going to put coronavirus on. That's what we, we've said in work. Like We don't wear gloves in work because we're constantly handling different things. And you if you wear gloves, and you, as soon as you kind of touch one thing and you pass it on, you could pass it on to 20, 30 different things before you change your gloves. Yeah. At least hand washing. like you, you, We wash our hands on a regular basis. We sanitize hands on a regular basis. And you again, you're kind of trying to minimise the potential interactions where you could pass it on. But if you're wearing gloves, poor. I have a proposal. <laughs> so, <There we> go. <laughs> so, before every play, the offence and defence huddle. Sanitise. How about instead of Patrick Mahomes calling the plays, you got Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey out there with a little tub of hand sanitizer, <laughs> just on everywhere. Everyone goes round. Does it, the refs can do the ball. What's, what's wrong with that? Or like a um, you get like so you know they've got like the towels that hang down from the quarterback's uh, waist. Yeah. 
Instead, it's like a dispensable, like, <laughs> yeah, antibacterial hand wipes. Yeah. They can just pull the wipes out and hand it around to each of the players to give their hands yeah. a nice little rub. Yeah. Actually, on the on the coronavirus thing here, I, I was reading just before we came on there, actually, while I was waiting for you two to turn up here, um, the Miami Dolphins, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has told the Miami Dolphins that they can have 100% attendance <laughs> at their games. Oh, They're no. allowed 60,000 people in their stadium oh, from no. now on. What the fuck are you oh, thinking? No. Why would you do that? Oh, tank yeah, tank no for Trevor. No <laughs> like, Arrowhead yeah, with 16,000, 17,000 roughly, I think it is. Yeah, you can spread them out and that's fine. If you filled it with eighty thousand people, you're oh, begging oh, for trouble. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they just shoot themselves in the foot half the time. I mean, it's oh. just, like if that went if that went forward, that that would that would be insane. Surely. I, I was genuinely gobsmacked by yeah. that. Like, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, I am. I am gobsmacked now. <laughs> the first time. week at Arrowhead, right? There was sixteen thousand, and and someone confirmed test positive um, at Arrowhead that was at that game. If you had 80,000 people, oh, how many people has that one person passed it to is my question. Oh, this day is absolutely yeah. just Every seat ridiculous. filled, imagine it. Because, I mean, if that does happen, they're, they're going to surely, like, fans... Are they've said they're not going to do that, haven't they? If, if, the if, if, if they believe it will be safe. Oh, have they, have they announced... The Dolphins have said they won't be doing it. Oh, that right, yet, okay, so. yeah. Because I was say, fans, cause fans wouldn't pass up the opportunity to go see their beloved Dolphins again. Like they, they, they'd jump at the chance to buy tickets and go see that. That stadium would be sold out in in hours. Especially if you Surely. start tour next week, which they yeah, might oh, do. imagine. Yeah, they're getting an influx of people. Yeah, that would be crazy. But then the Chiefs haven't announced what they're doing with tickets beyond the third home game, have they? They did. They did the um, Texans game. They did the Patriots game, and they've done the Raiders game. But then they haven't sold tickets for the rest of them yet, and they were kind of going to review it after, I assume, after this week and see how it's gone. It'll be interesting to see if they change the capacity at any stage there, or if, if they say no fans, or if they say, yeah, we're fine with fans. I'll be curious to see what they do there. I can't see them mm. going backwards, just stu- just being stubborn. I, I I think it's staying the same, or it'll go up to like 20,000 next. I, I, you think I, it'll increase, really? I, I, don't, I just don't think they're going to go backwards. It, I think what you've got to remember is, as well, in terms of in terms of the spectators in the stadium, it doesn't really affect the players in terms of in terms of COVID exposure, I wouldn't believe, mm. because they're not going to have them in the first rows where they can interact with the players. So it's not going to affect the players as such. Um, and if you can space them out, this, Arrowhead looked, looked empty still, didn't it? Even with 16,000 in it. So you could, I'm sure they could fit some more people. In. I'm not saying it's the right idea either. Like I personally wouldn't have any fans in the stadium. I don't, I don't, see what the point is but aside from money the financial benefits of it yeah well yeah the the financial benefits but i mean the nfl's not doing badly for money but i don't know i don't know how much much it might be it might be doing badly (laughs) it carries on yeah Yeah. (laughs) who knows knows? yeah um but it is another home game this week isn't it against the raiders yes Um, we're back at arrowhead um it's raider week it's uh, always a big a big talking point with the chiefs kingdom when we uh, face up against the raiders uh, and no matter how many fans there are uh, going to the stadium, are you looking forward to the game? Yes, because it's right a week. Um, I I was expecting more from the Raiders than I've seen so far. Um, 
I, I kind of I was quietly a little bit worried about this one at the start of the season, um, but then I remembered they've still got Derek Carr and John Gruden, so we're <laughs> okay. The, their defense has been a lot worse. Yeah, I, they're, they're averaging thirty points a game conceded, and they haven't played Patrick Mahomes yet. Like, good luck with that, lads. I, I don't. It's just going to be a blowout. Simple. I, I think it's going to be quite a quite an easy game. <laughs> For the Chiefs, it seems weird to predict that because they're usually so cautious. But I don't. I, I, I'm with you. I haven't seen anything from the Raiders to be worried about. Is Rugs back? I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure Derek. I'm not sure Derek Carr can throw it far enough for him to be a problem anyway. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that that along with the fact that their defense is just awful. My biggest thing about this game is if we're up by three scores in the fourth quarter, get Patrick Mahomes out of the fucking game. I don't want to see Mahomes in games in the fourth quarter if the game's gone this season. Just protect him, mm. get him out. Especially after we'll the, the Stefan Gilmore photo yeah. that came out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming Gilmore, of course, but I mean, just seeing that with the proximity of them two, after, I know that was after the game, but... Reducing contact, like you said earlier, yeah. Neil, is I think is a priority at the moment. So yeah, if we are up big for injuries and for COVID's sake, just get Mahomes on the bench, <laughs> just sit him down. As much as he, I'm sure he'd love to be out there because he, he is just that kind of guy that wouldn't want to sit on the bench when they're up. Um, but mm. yeah, just for the safety of of himself and and the team, let's let's see him benched if we're up big. Um, I have a fun stat for you actually. I, I know I don't I don't tend to like looking back on. Uh, previous performances and using that mm. to expect a result from this week but we've outscored the Raiders 103 to 22 in our last previous <laughs> matchup. 22 they've scored 22 we've scored 103 in our last wow. in our last three matchups so that's 40 to 9 last uh, in our last matchup and didn't 28 we go down... to 10 before that and 35 to 3 I'm going straight into Paddy ago. Powers here to look up the odds. Wasn't, wasn't, <laughs> we, um, wasn't we 10 0 down against the Raiders away from home last year? Yeah, as well. Then we took 28 on them. Yeah, yeah, we scored in the four and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big fan of using previous results to uh, expect a result this week. But I mean, when you look at a stat like that and you look at the way the Raiders are performing. It doesn't. It does not bode well for for them in Las Vegas. The the Chiefs are thirteen and a half point favourites, <laughs> and the over under on the points for the game is fifty six and a half. I think. I think we cover uh, the but the under. only no. I don't think we do because the only thing I would say is that it's a divisional game, and divisional games are always a bit messed mm. up. I thirteen and a half is a lot. Now, I will yeah. say, one of the stats I saw is we've won nine of our last ten by double digits. So, uh, yeah, maybe then. But um... I think we're covering that. I think we're covering it. It might be under, because I think they'll probably ease up. But um, I imagine it could be that. I, I wouldn't be putting money on that one. Nah, well, it depends what the odds are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, about even money either way. Oh, yeah, sack that off then. And you say it was about 56 points scored total by both teams? Yeah, 56 and a half between them. So the I Chiefs think... will get about 50 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think... can the Raiders get seven? <laughs> <laughs> That's the I big question this week. Can this... the Raiders score a touchdown? <laughs> I, think I think they're awful. <laughs> um, I think this could be the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire week, though. I think this is going to be the week that he gets his receiving yards. I think we could see that. 
especially with how bad they are. And, I mean, I suppose that's presuming that Pat doesn't just throw it deep every play past their their DBs. But if they if they are really worried and they just want to take the over-the-top stuff away, I think we could see a big Clyde week. I would love to see a Josh Jacobs-Clyde battle Matchup. this yeah. week. Yeah, I would love to see them both have... Obviously, a, a, a limited for Josh Jacobs for pure Chiefs fans' uh, impartiality, but I would like to see them both have really good, solid games and and perform well. Um, yeah, that'd be fun to watch. I think a nice ground slog it out with a couple of receiving uh, passes out the backfield as well. Yeah, I think I think it'd be a good game to watch. That I don't want to be heresy here, but is it are either of you two slightly underwhelmed by Edward Tillaire after the first week? Just asking for a friend, you know. He's had his moments. <laughs> I think I feel like he's had his moments, like the um, that spin was it the spin run or, or was it a, a swing pass that he caught where he like spun a defender and 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 dived mm. for the first down. But he has those plays where he does shine and he does show like his ability, like wow, this 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 guy could be really good. But I see what you mean that the that he does my friend means. blow you away. <laughs> yeah, what your friend means. Yeah, exactly. Um, he hasn't blown me away like he did in week one since week one. Um, there seemed to be a lot of... Has um, he needed to, though? Well, you you would like him to, though. Whether you need him to or not mm. is kind of yeah, but is he gonna? I just wonder whether he's going to come up in a big spot when we really need him to. I like... I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it until then. You kind of think... I am thinking back, yeah, yeah, it hasn't had any of these... Like, what? He had three receptions for 27 yards it says here so that's yeah. a good average it's a nine nine yard average so i mean i, I think with edward slayer it's a little bit different because we're expecting him to be a receiver as well uh, well like in my head i'm expecting him to to catch a lot of catch a lot of passes yeah that was definitely um, was expecting him coming out of college to out the backfield and, and and make people miss before mm, he caught the ball um, we heard so much of it didn't we and i wonder whether it's either andy saving it for a big spot where he needs it, where he's got all of these, he's you know he's had these wrinkles and he's not showing them anything because he doesn't need to yet. I, I, I don't know. But I, even I'm then, expecting... it's kind of like the the grinding out the clock is kind of the thing my friend was thinking of. Like we haven't really <laughs> been effective at doing that, and mm. like I, I was expecting him with his ability to make people miss to be better at making people miss than he has been if that makes sense he, he's he's kind of had a couple of really good runs and then a lot of bang average ones no, mixed in like, between mm, them. one yard yeah. Yeah. yeah there's been there's been too many of those for uh, my friends liking yeah and I see where your friends coming from um, but again I, I keep going back to those like there are those just plays where you just go wow like that is pure talent like that is that is not that is not coaching that's not a, 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 a good play call that is just him doing bits there's been moments where like he'll he will be he'll almost like disappear in the trenches and you'll think oh yeah that's a that's a one that's a two-yard game and then suddenly he'll just burst out of nowhere and 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 he'll he'll be at the first first down line um yeah he does have those like flash plays where you think like there's the potential there for a first round pick for a first round pick i would expect to see more of those than we have yeah even though he's a rookie and he's only seen four weeks of action do you think that's from his lack of ability to produce or from a we don't he's not the focal point of our offense he's not your you know what nick chubb is for the browns or what the running back room is for the browns where a lot of their offense does run through their running back room our offense runs through patrick mahomes so do you think that's through his lack of ability to to, to be consistent with those flashy plays or just a not 
and not like there's no need to rely on him as much as other teams do. Um, a a bit of both. Like, I think running backs do work better when they get the consistent carries and that they're able to get into a rhythm. You have to hear that, you know, they get into the groove and away they go and mm. they need 10, 15 carries. Um, but at the same time, he's a first-round draft pick and these guys are supposed to be special. And yes, he has flashed special at times, but not enough for what I would have expected to have, or my friend would have expected to have seen. Um, he hasn't had an off-season, though, either. Um, so there's that, true, I guess. Um, also, Neil, I'm surprised that you have friends. <laughs> <laughs> you have friends that aren't us. <laughs> I know, I like, what? Um, but no, I, I, I'm not too worried about Clyde. I think we're going to see more and more as the season goes on. Um, I, I think those flashes are enough for me at the moment. I am with you that if we need him on a game-closing-out drive, and he's getting one yard gains. It's you know, that's where he needs to come into his element as a, as a first round running running back. Um, so yeah, if you look at our do... if you look at our time of possession in the second half, we had a two minute drive, a two minute fifty second drive, three minute drive, a four minute forty eight drive, and then a one minute and six and a one minute and thirty. That that concerns me a little. I mean, yes, two of those ended up in touchdowns, but. Um, I I just have those concerns that when you want to salt the game away, yeah, that's where your first round running back comes into play. And especially because teams, teams have been backing off late. He hasn't been facing stacked boxes. Um, you know, teams haven't been loading eight and nine men up and trying to stop the run. Well, I I think this is going to be the week where we see Clyde shine. So hopefully, we don't have right. these. Hopefully, we hope don't have right. these concerns yeah, because, um. You know, I was a massive fan of Cream Hunt, and and I said multiple times last year that I didn't rate our running backs. Um, Damien did great in the in the Super Bowl. He's not not playing this year, but um, so I was quite happy after the pick that we actually picked a running back because I'm a big fan of that stud running back coming out of the out of the backfield in the passing game, and I really hope that he is the guy that we. We think he is. I hadn't really, honestly, I hadn't really noticed. The name brought it to my attention. It is something to keep an eye on. Um, so yeah, I, I saw something. Uh, I'd have to look for the tweet and have it for next week's podcast. But I saw something about the expected points per play. And basically, when the Chiefs run the ball, they're about half a point less per play than when they just pass the ball. And it that might be it would kind efficiency of, though. Yeah, I mean, but then he is supposed to be that difference maker that kind of evens that out a bit. Mm. But but it's not for me. It's not happening at the moment. Well, Assembly was a big part of that first game, wasn't he? It seemed yeah. like every big oh, run yeah. went behind Assembly, and um, I'm I'm not sure whether Assembly's uh, not clued up enough to know whether he's playing good or bad in the run blocking game. Um, but maybe that's got something to do with it. I'm not sure. Possibly so, yeah. I have got I some mean... good news, though, um, that I took out of the game, and I'm hoping that it sticks, is that Nicole Hardman was taking off punt returns. Yeah, I saw Terry really? back there once. Yeah. He, um, I didn't see I didn't notice he, that. He fair caught a ball. He didn't need to... Uh, he tried to fair catch a ball, didn't he? he and then he tried actually tried to it. run. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. And then he nearly touched the the punt, oh, and, yeah, then got, the and then he got, legs, yeah, yeah. and then he got yeah. yanked. Um, I've said for a while off air because I thought that I was going to get some grief for it that I don't really like McCall Hardman, um, and I'm quietly, not so quietly now, surpri- um, pleased that he's off punt returns. I don't think anything necessarily usually good happens. He had one in the Super Bowl, didn't he, in it to get us started, but then, I mean, as I, I... punt returns as punt returns go, yes, occasionally you get a good one. I, I did say at the end of last season that I couldn't understand how he had made was it Pro oh, Bowl or All Pro yeah, as a Bowl. punt returner when he had done absolutely nothing as a punt returner. Yeah. I think that's um, just people getting wrapped up by his speed. That's just yeah. people saying, "Oh, he's yeah. fast, therefore he is a good punt mm-hmm. returner." That's not necessarily the case um, for Miko. I mean, he he has his moments uh, where he shines and he does, um, yeah, maybe not the most consistent um, in, in in the world, but. Yeah, it's, it's it maybe special teams isn't his 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 speciality, no. um, and but I then feel like the hype around doing, his speed kind of took over there. He's not doing a fat lot in in as a receiver either. I mean, mm. it was he nice last week. Me. Yeah, he did enough for you. <laughs> Twenty-seven <Yeah>. yards. <laughs> for, for those listening, Paddy Powers had uh, the over under on McCall Hardman at twenty-four yards, and I backed the over, and I backed him to get a touchdown as well. Thank you, Andy Reid, for calling that play. <laughs> and to be fair, last week he did he did call a a an actual route for McCall Hardman, even if it was just a run in a straight line route again. It was it was designed up for him, um, and he caught it. So I thought I'll give him that. But I'm just not sure what he is going to be long term. Better um, than Robinson. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> anyone that can catch is better than Robinson. <laughs> so I mean, he's a number three receiver. Like he's just, he's a slot. Is receiver. that what you want out of a out of a out of a what is he second round draft pick? Um, a good slot receiver, yeah. I, I could probably. Li- I could probably. Live I mean, there. he's even a number. He's a, he's a number four target if you include Kelsey. Number five yes. if you include Edwards Hilaire. Edwards Hilaire, yeah. So I just don't for, for don't what he's needed to do on this offense. Um, and I mean, when you've got Patrick Mahomes thrown to him again, we go back to the Prince Patrick Mahomes who had the fifth time in in in, in this uh, in this past couple of podcasts, but. You can have a toddler running down the field. I don't care. Patrick Mahomes is getting him. <laughs> he, he was targeted four times and he had four receptions. You can't ask for much more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly, Demarcus Robinson had no targets and no receptions. Really? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that as well. So am I, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Miko does enough. I mean, it, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you, Noah. I don't, I don't feel like he needs to, to, to go out there and... and you know, get all these massive yards um, and and massive gains and flashy plays. He needs to do enough, and and he does enough. So for that, uh, he's good enough for me. I, I'm not convinced, but either way, I'm intrigued to see if he starts as punt returner because mm. uh, the Raiders are going to be punting a lot on Sunday. So cue <laughs> um, <laughs> McCall Hartman 74 yard punt return. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued. Because Tyreek Hill's not going to be back there, you wouldn't have thought so. Not I, wouldn't, I just basis, wonder yeah. who the th- who the third choice guy would be. Yeah, Byron Pringle. Didn't he do it for a while? I'm not sure. Yeah, so interesting. Not, not well tuned on my uh, 
special teams returns. <laughs> yeah. or, Third string my, special teams. Yeah, my depth <laughs> chart on the uh, kick and punt returns. I, it's not my speciality, I won't say that. Townsend played well, though, in terms of talking about oh, special yeah. teams. Oh, yeah. He, he netted 60 yards 60 a punt, yards. didn't he? Wow. Yeah. He, yeah, phenomenal game for him. Phen- oh, that word again. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, I can't get over that word. Uh, yeah, he had a great game. <laughs> It's a shame we won't, we won't see him on Sunday though because the Chiefs won't be punting very much. <laughs> so. It'll be holding it'll be holding Butker's extra points. Yeah, which he'll <laughs> shank wide, most likely. Um, the depth chart doesn't list a third string punt return or kick oh, return. Really? It just does Hardman as first and Tyreek Kill as second. <laughs> Intriguing. Mm. Yes. Yeah, well, it should be a. Uh... I mean, it sounds like we're all optimistic for, for the weekend. It should be a good game uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I know we said that before the Chargers game and, and it was a bit tighter than we thought, but I feel like the Raiders aren't as finely tuned as, 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 as the Chargers are. I'm not saying so because the Chargers aren't a particularly finely tuned team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should, it should be a good game. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I'm expecting a um, sit deep in your sofa with a beer chilled kind of game rather mm. than on the edge of your seat worried about <laughs> the next <laughs> drive uh, I think it's going to be a relatively easy walk in the park for the Chiefs so just same as every game just come out of the game healthy and hopefully we'll be 5-0 and move on to the Bills on Thursday night yeah big game that is going to be a tough one yeah let's look yeah. forward to that especially if the Titans because there's talk the Titans might end up um forfeiting essentially this game against the Bills which would mean they'll they'll have uh, like a, a free bye week essentially and we'd be on oh, the wow. road of three days and yeah, four. And, yeah, and <sighs> yeah that does not yeah that doesn't reason, well for us another but, reason to win this game in the first half and get some of the starters yeah, rested yeah yeah um, do we have score predictions have you uh, do you have an idea in your head Chiefs by double digits but not as yeah. much as 14 so 35-22, something around there. Uh, 34-10. Okay. Like. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking around 31-17 sort of range. So, yeah, I reckon about two scores. Yeah, yeah I think dead on 14. 31-17, I'm going to say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hopefully we do... Uh, one of those comes through and we uh, get the W at least. Um, yeah, but uh, thank you for tuning in this week uh, and obviously reviewing the uh, Patriots game and look forward to the Raiders game. Uh, so we'll talk to you after the Raiders game. So from one kingdom to another, uh, thanks for tuning in.